this is still our prayer this morning. Lord, that you send the light. As we witness the light of your Son in our hearts, O God, our desire is that from us this light will spread even to those that live in darkness. Help us, Lord, through your word this morning as we go into the Bible study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So going to our classes, we are going to have 12 classes. Teachers, please, let's go to our classes. This will be the last Bible study session in the Bible in, this, in the chapel for this year. And today we are looking at the topic that says witnessing. They that dwell in the land, upon them had the light shined. So this is our topic for today. And of course, remember this is Bible study and all of us are expected to contribute. I'm just here to guide and then moderate. So all of us will definitely contribute. So, we are going to look at the text which is taken from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. So someone will read from, for us Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. Let me go from my left. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. So brother, read for us. That should be our text. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. The people that walk in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them had the light shined. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So our introduction, following the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, man broke fellowship with God, who is the light. Darkness covered the earth. God went on to restore the fellowship with man through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, at the cross of Calvary, thereby redeeming man from eternal destruction. Jesus is the light of the world. We are going to see that in John 1.12. Without this light, one dwells in darkness. Jesus commanded his followers to preach this redemption message to all humanity. In this study, we explore how this light could get to others that are still dwelling in darkness. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we've seen our text and then our introduction. Can we just get one comment or two from our introduction and then the, the text to give us a guide into our study? Let someone just give us a little highlight into our introduction. All right. Pastor KK. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we are talking about they that dwell in the land upon which upon them had the light shine. And we we as as believers we are expected to shine as light in wherever we find ourselves. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. So, we've seen that there is an expectation of God on every one of us. If actually we've received this light, then he expects that we shine for this light to others. And that is the essence of this Bible study. Just to live out your life, to live out the life of this light that you've received. And that is just what we are talking about in this study. Wherever you may see yourself. We are going to go into our questions for discussion. Today we are going to take our from question 1 to 4. And then on Wednesday we take the remaining part of the questions. 
You question one. Who is a witness? So, our next person, read the brother. You are going to read the John, Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 10. Tell you the next person. First John chapter 1, verse 1. The next John 1, 6 to 8. And then Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, verse 32. Who is a witness? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John, Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 10. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, and weighed the money on scales. Okay, give to the next person. First John 1 verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to hear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. It was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Praise the Lord. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. Praise God. Apostle, yes, ma'am. Acts 2.32. This Jesus had God raised up. Wherefore, we are all witnesses. Alright, so who is a witness from these passages we read? So that will help us to know what is expected of us. So from the scriptural passages we read, who is a witness? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A witness is every believer, every person that has given his or her life to Christ. Okay. She said a witness is everyone that has given his or her life to Christ. Yes? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For me, a witness is anyone that takes that gospel of Jesus Christ to this world that is full of darkness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, ma'am. Okay? Who is a witness? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A witness is someone who has experienced an event. Uh, and is ready to narrate, analyze, or just like let people know what he has experienced. Okay? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Someone that has had an experience of an event and is ready to narrate. He also said analyze the event. Okay? Yes, sir. Someone is risen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's someone who gives testimony to an, to an event. Or something that has occurred as an eyewitness or as he received the report. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Yes? One more person. Who is a witness? This is a wonderful contribution. We've seen someone that has witnessed an event. Somebody that has encountered Christ. Yes? Any other one? Praise the Lord. So, if you are talking about a witness, we are not talking about hearsay. I was told that Jesus Christ used to touch people and when he touched them, they would become new persons. That is not the witness. The witness is that I have experienced that touch. I've had the encounter. So it's someone that has had a first-hand experience. When we are having the preparatory, someone was telling us that if you come to court and you are telling them, "Uh, my neighbor told me that this thing happened. That will not be accepted. 
It's about you witnessed it. You saw it. You were there when it happened. Now if you go to the book of First John chapter 1 verse 1. John said that what we are telling you people is what we have seen. We have heard. We have also touched that. So it's not just a story we heard from the church. It's not what my pastor narrated to me. It's not what is written in our church bulletin. This is an experience I've had. So if you must talk about being a witness, we'll talk about someone that has had an encounter. And for us, we are talking about having an encounter with Christ. So if you have actually encountered Christ, you are a witness. It's not measured by the level of education or the certificate you've acquired. It's about having an encounter with Christ. So someone that has observed an event is expected that this light we are talking about, that we've experienced this light, if this light has shown in our lives, then we are witnesses of this light. Praise the Lord. So the person must have a personal encounter with Christ. And then he must have seen this thing that we are talking about. This issue being discussed. It's not something that was just told him by another person. He had an experience of that. So this is actually a witness. There must be a first-hand experience of it. And why are we saying this? If for any reason you've not had an experience, this is actually another opportunity for you to have the encounter. If you'll be able to be a, a, a true witness, a witness that can be relied upon, then you must have an encounter. Praise the Lord. So I want to go to the next question. Explain from the following passages. Who should witness and to whom? Okay? So the next lesson we'll read for us, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6. John chapter 1, 11 to 12. Then the next, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and Acts of the Apostle 1, 8. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isaiah 42, verse 6. I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate the righteousness. I will guide and support you. For I have given you to my people as the personal confirmation of my covenant with them. You shall also be a light to guide the nation unto me. John chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John 1, 11 to 12. He came down to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Second Timothy. Second Timothy 2, verse 2. Take the teachings that you heard, you heard me proclaim in the presence of many witnesses, and then trust them to reliable people who will be able to teach others also. Paul speaking to Timothy. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts 1 8. 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, who should be a witness? Who should witness and then to whom? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, from that John 1, 11 and 12, it said we should be a witness and who we are witnessing to. So it said he came into the world and the world did not receive him. But as many as received him, he gave the power to be sons of God. So as many have received him are the people that he has called to be witnesses because he has given them power to be able to speak out. And then for those that did not receive him, those that have received are now called to say, See you, this thing that we've received actually works. So this thing that you did not believe in is actually worthwhile. So to those that have not received, they are the people that we've been called to preach to. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Okay. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. A witness should be somebody who can be relied on. Somebody who is trustworthy. When it comes to witnessing for Christ, this must be a born again, the person that will say the truth and be able to stand for the truth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Yes. Um, Second Timothy 2, um, verse 2. He said that, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit them to faithful men. People that are faithful, not that in times of trouble or challenges, life difficulties, they will forget what they have been told to do, that they are witnesses, and they will fall by the side. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Okay, we are talking about faithful witnesses. Because one thing is that you can get a witness that will alter the message, alter what he saw or what she saw. Okay? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Praise God. Hallelujah. According to Acts 1 verse 8, it says that for people to be witnesses, the Holy Spirit must come upon them. And those that have received the Holy Spirit will now go and proclaim the gospel of Christ to people that are unbelievers. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Yes. More contributions. Okay. Now, and that is actually what gives, energizes our witness and our message. Okay. The power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Who should be a witness? And then to who are we witnessing to? Yes, those are my rights. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Based on the question, who to witness? One, the person is going to be called. Secondly, the person is going to be possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. So that he's going to preach according to the word of God. Thirdly, the person to people to be witnessed to. Like from our introduction, the Bible says that men... We are separated from God because of sin. And God in his own plan wants to restore men unto himself. And those that are still out there, God wants them also to come to him. These are the people to be pleased to. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you, sir. Okay. Are you raising up your hands? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, who should be a witness? Um... I just want to go a little beyond where we read okay. in John verse 1, 11 to 12. That thing says, those who are not born of the will of flesh, 
those who are not born of the will of blood, but those who are born of God. When one is born of God, there is God in him. God dwells in him, and he will witness very well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay? So, who are we witnessing to? Actually, for me, people that we are witnessing to are people that are not the witness, people that have not witnessed it. We are to testify to them. Okay. Okay. Uh, he said that we are to witness to people that have not witnessed it. So, <laughs> and that actually makes a lot of sense. Okay. We want to witness to people so that they will also experience that same thing. To be able to be witnesses also. That's so simple. Yes, yes, ma'am. He said, I'll say that we are witnessing to the unreached, to those that have not yet received Christ, and also to those that might have received and are backsliding. Hallelujah. God bless you, ma'am. Praise God. Hallelujah. From the last sentence in the, from Isaiah 42, verse 6, it says, as a light to the Gentiles. So it's expected that we reach out to the Gentiles. In other words, the unbelievers around us. They are everywhere around us. Okay. God bless you, but to the Gentiles, unbelievers around us. Somebody's raising up his hand there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sorry, I stand to be corrected, uh, but uh, we, are, we are witness to those that God has called us to witness to. There is a particular person, there is a particular individual, a particular group we have been called, we have been mandated by God, not just everybody. Eh? You have been designed, you have been assigned to a particular individual to minister to. Just uh, in the case of um, um, Isaiah 42, God called him to the people of Israel to demonstrate the power of God. You know? So when we talk about whom to minister to, there are those people that God has called that had mandated us to minister to them, not just every other kind of person. Because I, I think in, a, in, the, in, in um, I've forgotten that verse in the Bible. You say that those that are called to come to God are those that He has called. So that for us to have come here, God has called us to gather here in His presence. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you so much. And this is actually Bible study. All right. Uh, God has called us. He has made us receive the light. So if you are talking about who, as I say, the called, and then who are the called, you and I, as many that have received him. And to make this assignment easy, he has also given us the Holy Spirit. And to who? He said the Gentiles. In the book of Acts of the Apostles, he says, start from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to utmost part of the earth. And if you look at our memory verse, still in line, just a little to what our brother contributed. It's actually saying to every creature, every human being, every way. When you go to your class, when you go to your business place, when you go to your office, the place you're working, that any unbeliever there is the person you are to witness to. Praise the Lord. So, everyone, tell them, and of course, when we, 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 we are going to see that, when we go down, you discover that this message should actually go around to everybody. Of course, we know that there are times will come when 
God may give you a special assignment for a special group. But for all of us, we are giving this assignment. Preach. Go ye into the world and minister. Preach to every creature. Everybody. As far as that, there is an unbeliever there. That person desire, deserves to listen to receive this message of the gospel. So we are to witness to everybody. You don't need to uh, sideline some group of people. Maybe because of how bad they are, some parts of this country, we know that they are very hostile. Therefore, the message is not for them. It's not true. The Bible says to everybody, they are to receive this message. Praise the Lord. So we go to the next question. What is the effect of lifestyle of the person who witnesses this message? What is the effect of the lifestyle of the one who witnesses on his message? So we are taking first Samuel. I hope the question is clear. Want to see the effect of the lifestyle of the witness to this message? First Samuel chapter 12, 3 to 4, 3 to 5, and then Acts of the Apostle, the next person, Acts of the Apostle chapter 11, verse 26. Then Second Timothy chapter 3, 10 to 12. The effect of the lifestyle of the witness on his message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 3 to 5. And it says, Here, here I am. Testify against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Those whose ox have I taken, or whose ass have I taken, or whom have I defrauded, whom have I oppressed, or from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it. Testify against me and I will restore it to you. For they said, You have not defrauded us, or oppressed us, or taken anything from any man's hand. Five, and and he said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. And they said, He is witness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And Acts 11 verse 26 says, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 3, 10 to 12. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 3, 10 to 12. But you... Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what is the effect of the lifestyle of the witness on his message? Okay. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
You know, the proof of uh, knowing is in the doing. If you say you encountered Jesus and you are witnessing for Jesus, it should be seen in you. You should abstain yourself from all manner of uh, um, lies, things that are, cannot uh, glorify God, that cannot show that you you are actually witnessing for God, for Christ. In your place of uh, work, where you are working, where you are living, you should not be a person who uh, people will say, oh, is this one also, is this one saying that he encountered uh, Christ? Uh, this person's uh, life, your life should not discourage people who would have even um, given themselves to Christ. But your life should encourage people who would ordinarily wouldn't have even, or who didn't, wouldn't want to even have, but when they see you, what you do should make uh, somebody who doesn't want to be a Christian to be a Christian, to hunger for Christ. You know, your life should not uh, discourage people. It should be seen in you that, yes, you have actually encountered Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Okay. Yes. What is the effect of the lifestyle of the witness on his message? Once you repent as a child of God, it is expected that your life will begin to change as you study the word of God. The Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God, that you may grow thereby. And so as you study the word of God, you will try your best to apply the word itself. The Bible, where we read in um, Acts of Apostle chapter 11, verse 26, it said the, the people in Antioch, the disciples of Jesus Christ, were first called Christians. Why were they called Christians? Because these people saw them as behaving like Christ. They were behaving like Christ. Your, so your behavior. So if you, even, if you go to the place in First Samuel, where we read in First Samuel chapter, chapter 12, it talks about uh, uh, someone was selling the people before the coronation, the inauguration of a new king. Have I robbed anybody? Have I cheated anybody? Have I taken any bribe from anybody? They said, no, the Lord is witness. The Lord is witness. So your life, and those things that you know that you do and um, it's, it grieves you, Spirit of God, and it's not in the scriptures, then you run, run away from it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you, sir. Okay. Any other comments? The effect of the lifestyle. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are talking about effect here. Seriously, what we are seeing in today is so amazing. The Bible says, let us wear the mind of Jesus Christ. The Bible said that the Pilate, after uh, examining Jesus, he did not see anything against him. And I remember Paul saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Most times these days you see Christians in our compounds fighting. I don't know who they imitate. Could be in the church. Could be from their pastor brother in the same uh, uh, meeting. So it is important that we imitate Christ. Of every interrogation about him, they did not see any crime against him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the important thing is that we all we are going to imitate Christ. And the Bible says, looking unto him who is the author of our faith, we should, if we should impact positively in the life of people we go to preach, we should wear Christ's mind as our lifestyle. 
in order to get them follow Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just one more person, okay? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What is the effect of uh, the witness, the lifestyle of the witness? The effects are of two scenarios. Your lifestyle can bring the lifestyle of the witness can bring people closer to God. It can also take people away from God based on what they are observing, based on what they are seeing. So it now boils down on to practice what you preach. If you are preaching with your right hand and you are dwelling in sin with your left, people are watching. And the next thing is that their conclusion is that if Christianity is like this type of person, let me kukuma stay on my own. So we better be careful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just you want to say something? Okay. Um, for me, according to um, Second Timothy, okay, we saw that um, Paul endured a lot of sufferings and hardship in the course of preaching the gospel. So it's not always it's not really all about the good things that we experience in life, as in following Christ. There could be challenges that come with following Christ, and we should persevere and try to follow Christ to the end. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just okay. All right. It's okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. So thank God for this contribution. Now, it's important that we take note of this. Beyond our messages is our lifestyle. What people hear, if it doesn't go together with our lifestyle, our message may not make any impact. They don't make any impact. Our lifestyle tends to give credibility to our messages. St. Paul says, See, Timothy, you know all about me. My lifestyle in the church, you know about it. My lifestyle in my room, you know about that. At times, what we see, we have our lifestyle in the chapel, and that is what every one of us see. In the office, we have another different life of lifestyle that people see. And all Therefore, St. Paul said that everything, my in and out, I'm transparent. There is nothing to hide. And when we live such a transparent life, definitely our message will be impactful. Our brother said that if we decide not to do that, it also has negative effect. It drives people away. You shout and shout. There won't be any impact. I remember one story like that. I don't know whether it happened or not. About in a church... Somebody just stood up, recited uh, Psalm 23. At the end of everything, everybody clapped. Still in the same congregation, after that, somebody stood up and recited the same Psalm 23. People were weeping. And at the end of everything, they were asking, what happened? The same passage of the scripture. The same congregation. Then the man said that, see, the other person knows Psalm 23, but I know the shepherds of that psalm. So if the life is not in you, the message will not make any impact. No matter how good you, you paint and uh, organize the message, it's about the lifestyle. Praise the Lord. So God will help us to live a lifestyle that is in consonant with the messages we preach. Praise the Lord. Now we'll go to the last question. What should be the content of our message in this internet generation? Okay, we stopped at... Uh, Give to my sister, yes. Read uh, John 3.16. The next person, 1 John 5, 11-10. to 10, And then Romans chapter 8, chapter 10, 8-13. to 13, And 2 Corinthians 4, 5-7. to 7. 
what should be the content of our message? John, John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 John. 1 John 5, 11 to 13. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Okay? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 8 to 13. But what does it mean? what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart Man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all who call upon him. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 4, 5-7. to seven. Second Corinthians 4, verse 5 to 7. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let there be light in darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile pledges containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what should be the content of our message, especially in this time? Okay. God. Hallelujah. Okay. Whoever has God's son has life. Whoever does not have his son does not have life. Any other message is extra. Anything contrary to this message is false. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Yes. The content of our message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible said here in the Romans chapter 8 where I read that whoever that confesses Jesus shall be saved. Our content should be Jesus crucified, Jesus died, Jesus buried, Jesus raised by the power of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, just lastly, before we summarize, uh, someone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. According to John 3.16, just in addition to what my brethren have said, uh, John 3.16, he said we should preach God's love. Second Corinthians 4 verse 5 to 6, Christ, we should preach Christ, not ourselves. If you look at Romans 10, 8, it's talking about salvation. Preach salvation. So, now in summary, Christ is salvation. Christ, the eternal life. Christ, the love of God to humanity. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you, sir. So, the truth is that our message should be as simple as possible. Okay? 
from all our contributions, we are talking about the same thing. Christ, him crucified. He came to die for us. He was crucified, he was buried, and he rose again. That is our message, and nothing more. So any other addition to that, you may be going out of it. We are not going there to preach your church. We are not going to preach your pastor. It's all about Christ. And that is why it should be very simple that any of us can proclaim that message. It's about the experience, what he has done in my life. Christ and him crucified. I'm not going to preach any other person. That should be our message. And it's very important in this time, if you go to the internet, often in the social media, you see all kinds of things people call the message. But we are seeing that that is not the message. If it's not Christ crucified, then it's not the message. If it's any other thing, no matter how good or how palatable it will look, it will sound to the ear, it's still not the message. So the content of our message should be very clear. I'm going to preach Christ and Christ alone. I pray that God will help us to apply this. On Wednesday, we are going to take question 5 and 6. Just the conclusion, witnessing is the master's last command without an option. It's not whether you like it or not. It should be very simple. It is command to everybody. In short, in the scripture, anyone that encounters Christ, you see them rushing out. Even as uh, so deeply rooted they, uh, as they could be, just having an encounter with Christ, we remember the woman of Samaria just rushed to tell people, nothing else but the person that I encountered. The person that he healed of blindness, he just went back telling people, see someone touched me. And that is just all about Christ. So it's not about, I don't know how to speak English. I, that is not the message. The message is Christ. As far as you've had an encounter with him, God expects that you be a witness. I pray that God will help us. Let's bow down our heads as we pray. We plead with our chaplain to pray for us. Amen. Heavenly Father and our God, we thank you for this refreshing moment. Learning at your feet, Lord. Father, as we drink from this living water, may we test no more in Jesus' name. Amen. But out of us will flow fountain of living water. May we live and shine for you and witness with our lifestyle. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank God for the Bible study. I don't know if we have any questions from our classes. We have our chaplains, our fathers in the Lord around to help us to attend to these questions. Any questions from our classes that we are not able to address? Any burning issue you want to raise? Yes, if you have any question, can you raise up your hand so that we can address those questions together? I was trying to witness to a guy some time ago, and the guy was raising up arguments. Was doing what? Raising up arguments. Was putting up arguments. Okay. My question is, how do I handle this type of people? Thank I you. Your question is clear. He was witnessing to someone, and the person was putting up arguments. How is he going to handle that? Someone should help us. In preaching the gospel, we don't struggle with people. Now, what you should be asking the Holy Spirit is one word. One word you will say to that person and you pray with him and go. 
And that one word, the God can use it as a tool to keep working on that person's heart until he or she decides to surrender. So you don't go struggling with people. Once you come and you want to preach someone and the person is raising arguments, as you are, you are listening to him, be asking the Holy Spirit, give me one word for this person. One word, one word, one word, one word. And he comes, bam, just tell him that word, pray with him and go. That's the best way to handle such people. Thank you. Amen. Just one more. Okay. Just one more. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. I think uh, given the context of our study today, when you are sharing the gospel one-on-one with somebody, the best approach is to be a witness. And a witness is somebody who tells the story of what has happened to him. You don't argue with stories. So that's the best approach. Because if you go quoting there and quoting there, the person will begin to argue. Just share the story of what has happened to you. What Jesus has done in your life. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, sir. You see, you are not going to argue. Of course, it's possible. There have been occasions that argue. Even Jesus Christ. When he preached, people will come up with arguments, but that is not your message. Your message is to be a witness. What has happened to your life? If you don't have that message, if you've not had that encounter, and that was why we started this question by first of all, trying to x-ray who is a witness. If you don't have a message to give, if your message is hearsay, what I was taught in the church, what my pastor taught me, some questions you come that you don't know what to say. But if it's, he pushed me before I was blind, but now I can see. And that is my message. There is no argument about that. I was blind before, but now I can see, I can see you. Okay? But if you want to go and argue, of course, be ready. And usually when they want to distract you, they come up with those arguments. And remember that the weapon of our warfare are not carnal. And they are mighty true God. And one of the things is to bring this argument to the obedience of Christ. Praise the Lord. So, you should have an encounter. You should be a witness. Narrate the experience. What has happened to your life? He touched me and my life became new. That is the message. And of course, you are not trying to convince the person. It's not your word that convinces. If it's not empowered by the Holy Spirit... Speak all the grammar, even the whole Bible, you read it, it will not make any sense to the person if it's not backed by that power of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And that has helped us to look at what a witness should be. You must have an encounter. Have you experienced Christ? It's not hearsay. It's not what people told you. It's personally what I've seen. I have heard, I have touched, and I've experienced this of the word of Christ. So if you've not experienced it, this actually should be where it will start from. Having an encounter with Christ. And this will be a, still a, a good opportunity for you to experience that. And this message should go to everybody, wherever an unbeliever should, is seen. This message should go to the person. It's not for a group of people. It's not for some people that have been condemned that this set of people or this part of the country are not meant to receive the message. It should be for everybody, anywhere. Praise the Lord. And then we've seen the lifestyle of 
the witness is very important. When you preach the message, but you are living a different lifestyle, your message will not make any impact. St. Paul says, Timothy, you know all about me. What you are seeing me do now is what you also see me do in my bedroom. It's what you see me do in my place of work. I don't have a different lifestyle. You know all about me. If you're living a transparent life, your message will be able to make an impact. But it is a good lifestyle in the church and where you go for evangelism. But when you go back to your place of work or in your house, you are living a different lifestyle. Your message will not make any impact. Instead, it will create arguments. Praise the Lord. And it may even discourage people from coming to Christ. Let's live a life that will please God. And in such way, our message will be impactful. So you see that our message can give, our lifestyle can give credibility to the message we preach. I had a story and one of us reminded us about that, about just wonderful thing. One in a church, somebody just stood up and recited Psalm 23 and everybody clapped. Another person stood up in the same church, recited the same Psalm 23 and people were weeping. What happened? Still the same word, the same church, the same congregation, but it's about the lifestyle of the person. If it's not backed by the power of God, if there is no encounter, your message will not make any impact. And I pray that God will help us. Let's bow down our heads as we pray. And when you go out to minister in this time, what will be your message? You are not preaching yourself. You are not preaching church. You are not preaching the, 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 your pastor. It's Christ and him crucified. This will be your message. Even when argument comes, my message is say Christ and him crucified. Can you talk to God? Have you encountered him? This can still be a good opportunity. Do you have an experience? Do you have a story? Do you have a witness? Can you tell people, this is what God has done in my life? If you don't have such an experience, just talk to God. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. He is ready to come into your life. Have you given your life to Christ and you are finding it difficult to share your faith with others? This would be an opportunity that you are going to make a pledge unto God and say, Father, I'm making this pledge that as I live here today, my life will begin to witness to people all around. Father, we ask that you help us through this word to live to please you. We pray for as many that are here about making this decision to surrender their lives unto you. Lord, may today be a point of encounter in the name of Jesus. As we go out here, may our lives begin to witness to people. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, 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 oh.